Hello Gasheads and welcome to this week's episode of Gascast. I'm your host Max Alderson, joined once more by Harley Thorne. Hi Harley. Hi, how you doing? Very good. Uh, and this week our special guest is Jack Newcomb. Hi Jack. Hello Maxwell, how are we? Yep, very good. Uh, lots to talk about this week. But before we start, we've got some fantastic news which has come out this week about young Michael Labashain. Um part of the Michael's Miracle campaign to get Michael over to America uh, and get a vital operation which he needs to remove a tumour on his heart. Um, the money was raised over £150,000. Absolutely fantastic from all in the football community, not just at Rovers but at City as well and across the wider community and over in America. So well done to everyone who donated. Hopefully that young gas head can get the treatment he needs and get on the terraces uh, once more supporting the gas and living a happy young life. So, here, here. yeah, very well done. Um, let's just jump straight in. Uh, we're going to start with Pompey. Um, we played Pompey on Saturday. Uh, the match finished 2-2, but for large periods of the match, Pompey were in charge of the game. Two late goals, an Alex Robman finish, and a spectacular late own goal earned us a point. But the big question is, did we deserve it, Jack? I mean, we weren't great, as as you alluded to. It was, it was a scrappy game. I thought our midfield got bypassed far too easily, and I just thought it was going to be another 2-0 defeat, the third one on the on the bounce. Um, but it was a spirited comeback. I mean, I didn't think we would have uh, got any goals from open play. Um, so the fact that they both came from set pieces, um, I think it just showed how much we dug in. You, you look at both goals. I mean, the second one was quite fortuitous, but we just managed to get bodies in there and there was determination to just get the ball over the line somehow. And it, it managed to, to happen that way, thankfully. Yeah, and that, that's sort of been a, a theme this season. These, this team definitely has more of a team spirit and a determination about it than maybe in the past couple of years. Have you sort of seen that, Jack, over the over the course of this season compared to last season? Yeah, well, I mean, Graham's spoken about character in the team and there definitely is that. And I mean, without JCH up top, we are lacking quality. To So to actually win games, to get anything out of it, then that character is needed. Um, and I mean, you've only got to look at the likes of Abu Ogogo in, in the centre of the field. He just embodies that determination and, and character. He was man of the match quite rightly on, on Saturday. He made some phenomenal challenges. He was just flying in left, right and centre. And we got that all throughout the pitch. You've only got to look at the, the back three. We've got that really good spine. And I mean, they'd never want to lose a football match, those three back there. Um, so yeah, we, we have got that character. And yeah, I think it is maybe plugging a gap for the, the quality that we're lacking, especially without JCH at the moment. Yeah, well said. Uh, agree with that pretty much. Um, it's definitely been an impressive part of the side is, is what he's built, that, that team spirit. And I think that has driven on and got us points that we, that we otherwise wouldn't have got uh, maybe last season. Um, Harley, a big talking point to come out of Saturday was the fact that Graham Coughlin, maybe controversially, maybe not, stripped the captaincy from Ollie Clark um, and gave it to Tony Craig, maybe to help Ollie focus on his performances, make it easier to drop or sub him. I'm not sure. What's your take on it? Because it was, it was quite a big decision given <coughs> that Ollie started the game as well. It is a big, uh, it's a big move from Coughlin. I haven't had, I can't remember any manager stripping the captaincy from a player. Um, I think once Daryl chose Lockyer, whether it was right or wrong, he stuck it out for years and years, you know. Um, people had their own opinions on whether he was the right man for the job. But it's a big statement when you, when you take that back, you know. Um, but I think it's the right one. I'm surprised that Ollie got it in the first place. 
But I, I do respect Graham more for having the balls to kind of take it back off him and hopefully allow him to focus on his play. Um, he alluded to the fact that Ollie does a lot in the community and kind of takes a lot of the club's work on his shoulders um, and he'll continue to do that. So I think he's like still club captain, but on the pitch, I think having someone like Tony Craig makes a lot more sense. And I mean, I just haven't been impressed by Ollie this season at all in terms of his performances, uh, whether, whether the captaincy's got a part to play. I I don't think you can necessarily blame it on that. But yeah, it's a big, big call from Coughlin. And I, I respect it, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, uh, the big question is, did he need to really remove it? Because we sort of got, I think, leaders all over the pitch. And Tony Craig, obviously, who's been made captain now, but um, Rodman, Little, Agogo, leaders mm-hmm. all over the pitch. Is, was it a really unnecessary move to remove it from Ollie Clark? Do you think it was affecting him too much? It's a, it's a good point, because any player would say what you've just said, essentially, you know, that you have leaders all over the park, and it doesn't matter who's got the armband, you're all going to do it, but... Graham still chose to take the armband off him. So it obviously means more to him. I mean, it must mean something. Otherwise, he wouldn't have bothered to take it off him, you know. So I think think Oli has felt the pressure this season. I think something has affected his performances because normally you get a... I'm not Oli's biggest fan in terms of, like, for his last two years, to be honest, but you get a solid six or seven out of him every week. Um, And he's not even been at those levels for me this season. So... Hopefully, this works out for the best. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, we can see him get back to those performances of a couple of years ago um, in and behind the strikers. Um, Coughlin switched to a 4-4-2 when we were 2-0 down. Uh, this is ultimately what won us the point, really, as we sort of improved and created more chances and won those set pieces. Um, Jack, are we start- Are we finally starting to see signs of a plan B? I, I mean, I, I suppose we are, but I mean... 2-0 down yet again, really struggling. Um, there had to be a plan B. Um, so, I mean, was it that calculated? I don't know. I mean, you, you're going to have to change it if you're struggling. Anyone in that stadium could see we needed a change. Um, so, I mean, with 4-4-2, you know, obviously, it's the the kind of the most basic formation. So, I think when you are struggling, going back to basics is a good idea and I think yeah just just the fact we did change it up a little bit different um did it did it affect the performance that much I don't know I think Pompey really sat back um when we were probably there for the taking to be honest and we just managed to grind it back did the formation help maybe it did a little bit but I I think the fact that we just had that that character and it, it was actually the set pieces that got the goals, but it's good to see that we are changing it, it up because I, th- I think with the 3-5-2, we got found out a little bit. I think it was really effective for us for a while and then teams would have seen we set up 3-5-2 and then there's there's tactics to counter the 3-5-2. So yeah, to, to make us less predictable, it's, it's got to be a good thing, surely. Is it? Does he really deserve the credit for kind of basically running out of ideas and just chucking all the attacking players on which is kind I mean, of I mean, how there, I there is it. there is a bit of that like like I said we, we were really struggling so I, I mean you had to change it and you just go for 4-4-2 a few more attacking players mm. like you say so I don't know whether it's a yeah a tactical master stroke because uh, he's quite a conservative manager but yeah it's, it's good that he's he's willing to change it would you have liked to see those changes 10 minutes earlier than they actually happened because I think it was 
I think it was only when we went 2-0 down that those changes happened. Would you have liked to see it when it was 1-0 with maybe making those changes on 65 minutes rather than 75, 80 minutes? Yeah, I, th- I think when you can see things really aren't going well, then you need to make the changes early. I mean, obviously, when we had um, Darrell Clark here, um, God, God rest his soul, uh, he he would change it after twenty minutes if uh, if things weren't <laughs> which going is well. Quite which is often the case because it was uh, which oh, is I, extreme. I, every game's a project I prepare, and then he'd, he'd get it wrong after yeah, ten minutes and change I, it. I fucked that the project. Oh, let's uh, <laughs> let's scrap that up. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, do you need to change it? Like, like I said, I think the main thing for me is just how predictable it can be, especially if teams have really sussed you out. You've you've got to change it, and and I mean. Look, they're professional players, professional manager, professional team. We're going to know about more than one formation, I hope. <laughs> I hope they actually practice that on, on the training ground. So for there to be a plan B, is it, is it pleasing? Yeah, I suppose it is. Is it expected? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, I think maybe it's due to lack of options and depth that, have, that are restricting us to this formation. We don't have a lot of central midfielders or natural wingers with the ability for top half of League One. So I think maybe we are sort of constricted to maybe one or two systems, at least until we can get a little bit more versatility in our side. Sort of brings me to my next question, Harley. Um, the injury list is slowly but surely improving. It's good to see Liam Serkham and Mark Little back against Portsmouth. I'll be off the bench. Holmes Dennis played today against Portsmouth Reserves and I think it's only going to be one or two more games before Clark Harris is is fit, it would seem. So uh, my question is, is there any reason why we can't sort of continue back to where we were before this 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 sort of flux of injuries? It's all on Clark Harris, really, isn't it? I mean, I know that I'll kind of get pelters for saying it, but I still do believe he's like, you know, he's the focal point. And without him, we look like very little, to I, be honest. Yeah, I, don't think, you, I think no one can disagree with that, really. No, I think that's, a, that's quite mm, a widely held we're, view. We're sometimes well-organised, and that deserves some credit, but the last two games defensively, not so much. So, um, yes, having the talisman back is obviously going to be a massive thing. But the others you listed as well, I mean, you're looking at... Uh, I'm not sure about Tariq Holmes-Dennis making that much of an impact because I quite like Leahy, which we'll discuss later. But Circum, I think, given the form of Ollie Clark and Circum at the top of his game, as I've said, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you'll know that I'm his biggest fan. Um, and I know that he's come under scrutiny because he's been out of form for quite some time. But if you get Circum playing, you've got a hell of a player in there. And here's hoping that he can come back and really start to, you know, strike that top form because he's a quality player. Yeah, and I think we were starting to see that um, in those two games, the MK Dons game and the uh, the Rotherham game, where he played just behind the two strikers and was sort of getting those half volleys off from the edge of the area that he used to traditionally just score for fun. And he's starting to get a little bit sharper and back to where he was uh, in a system that maybe suits him a bit more. So hopefully we'll see that. Um, uh, yeah, let's sort of let's move on to um, the fact that, in my opinion, at least, and I've I've read a, a lot of this online. Um, people seem to be quite quick to get on Coughlin's back. Uh, it's been two subpar performances this week, before which we were fourth in the league and everyone was singing his praises. All of a sudden, a lot of people are saying, is he the right man? Is you know the football's rubbish? Which people weren't saying a week, a week or two ago. So uh, my question is, why do you think that is, Jack? Why do, you, why do you think people don't really warm to him? I, th- I think there's two major reasons for this. I mean, the first is that Chris Lyons incident I, I know it would have been spoken about a lot but I mean 
he really made a rod for his own back there. It was, it was just the most stupid thing. Even if, and I won't go into too much detail because, like I said, it has been touched on, but even if he did have an issue with Chris Lines, don't say it publicly. He's a, he's a club legend. Like, you've got to get yourself on side. So that's one of the reasons. Two people still aren't over Daryl Clark. He was, he was the messiah, even though it was right for him to go. And to be honest, I, so I, I go to the um, post-match press conference and he seems really warm. He seems really affable. Um, so, yeah, I can't really see why. I mean, potentially because we have stagnated as a club off the field. And that's obviously impacted the on-field performances and, and the resources we got at our disposal. Maybe the, the style of play that we got as well. I mean, we're quite effective. We're not the most pleasing team on the eye. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, so there's a number of factors I think, and then it's just the fickle nature of some football fans. I mean, I I stayed after the the Bolton game. Um, yeah, I I don't know why I done that. Yeah, I don't know why I was, <laughs> I was gone on seventy two minutes, mate. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, I actually all joking aside, part of the reason was to actually see the reaction because I could uh, sense things were getting really quite jittery on on the terraces and, and lots of bad shouts. I mean, I was in the in the Thatchers for that that game. And the abuse the players and GC got afterwards, it was like it was unfounded. It was it was it was point it was pointless, unneeded. Um, so yeah, I think just some fans are just wanting to to vent. But yeah, what's he got to do to get people to warm to him? I suppose win football matches. I mean that that's always the thing. But yeah, he's he's got a tough um, tough job. Yeah, I was going to say that um, one of the reasons that I left that Bolton game early was because. I couldn't see myself getting on board with with booing and kind of yelling, well, whatever, the players. Because they're in a good position in the league and you can't really argue with, mm. with where we are in the league. It's surprised me and it's kind of shut me up a bit. But that bottom performance was so bad, it kind of, the decision for me was just leave early because you haven't got anything to say you know I'm not going to clap them off the pitch but I'm not going to I'm not yeah. going to boo them yeah. like, they don't deserve the booing overall on the course of the season thus far um well on the Graham subject I think as a as a personality I think people have somewhat struggled to take to him he's kind of I don't know it's it's like you say on the lines thing he he seems to needlessly dig at things that he doesn't necessarily need to and I think his quote fan management skills are not the best i mean sometimes you just need to go out there and kind of charismatically say something to get the fan base behind you which daryl as we all know was an absolute superstar right you know when we got relegated to the conference he could go on radio bristol and i remember listening in my car on the way back from work and just going from uber depressed about rovers to you know expecting us to win league two in two seasons of time because he was just the best manager in the world you know um graham doesn't quite get me that enthused so i'm hoping he can work on it and stop kind of biting a bit but and maybe he's right to bite sometimes because of the response but also you know he's he's been given a big chance so he's gonna have to kind of part with it a little bit absolutely yeah couldn't have put it better myself um Let's move on to this week's player spotlight. And this week's player is Ansi Jacola. Uh, oh, you said that like a quiz host. <laughs> <laughs> Doing Morris. my best here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sort of feels like he's come a long way since that first game uh, when he punched uh, the Blackpool player in the head and gave away a penalty and everyone was thinking, who the hell is this this bloke we've got in goal? Um, 
how do you how do you think he's done over the course of the season, Jack? So far, solid. I mean, he um, doesn't really put a foot wrong or, or a hand wrong, apart from the the Blackpool game. <laughs> that yeah. was one hand. Here, wrong. here we go. Yeah, <laughs> just a one hand wrong. Um, and as as we saw on Saturday, he, he can actually pull out a, a great save here and there as well, which I think is really important, especially in in a game uh, like on on Saturday when we were struggling. We needed that that keeper to to really uh, keep us in the game, and it, he he done exactly that. And as as long as keepers are solid as well, um, then that's all I expect. I mean, we may touch on this later, but I I couldn't believe I only um, clocked this on Saturday when I was um, speaking to someone else about it. But Ansi being thirty two years old and Stapishov being twenty three, I I thought it was the completely other way round that he has shown his experience um and yeah he's finland's number three isn't he yeah so it's always nice to have an international down the gas but yeah i mean pretty solid i'm, I'm, I'm happy with him and then we got the, the competition with van stapashoff as well which is uh is good we got two decent keepers and he's probably just ahead of him quite rightly but yeah 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 reasonably pleased i've got to say yeah, what about you, Harley? What have been your thoughts on him this season? He's just one of those. He's one of those keepers that isn't. He's not like a flair keeper, you know. He's not diving into the top corners. He does everything very steadily, and he's just just a stable foundation to the side, which is all you want from a keeper, really. I think you look back at the Adam Smiths and what he did at Northampton was the you know the emphatic saves, and they all loved him for that. But once you kind of lose a bit of confidence you aren't a stable goalkeeper you know yeah well look at jack Bumland. Um, yeah exactly um but ansi is like he's just he's just stable he kind of reminds me of um well he just reminds me of mildenhall a little bit but i don't it just in the case that they're quite you know yeah they just do the simple things right and um yeah i'm glad he's here but on the uh van stapperschoof mm. is that the correct way of saying it i've no idea i'm going um, with van stapperschoff it's, it's actually yeah. I, think, like, I think lance goes for van stapperschoff so i'm yeah, going we'll go with that yeah. um i think it's actually quite nice that ansi goes on international duty because it gives him a chance to play and it's like it's almost quite a natural yeah. easing in and um yeah, it's well, and then we can get Andre Junior on the bench as well. I mean, yeah. who is actually a class above both of those. And he's afraid. Yeah. So I've only I've only just remembered him again. Why isn't Andre Junior starting? <laughs> That's what I got the, the spider. Yeah, the spider. Le, le, le Spidra. He's French, so um, <laughs> he's branded himself already. <laughs> yeah. He's playing for, like on I'd, loan for years. I'd, I'd buy his merch to be you fair. To, it reminds me of official Colks. Remember the Colks? Yes. Yeah. What a player! What a player! But no, I'm I'm really happy with the goalkeeper situation, and you know, over over. Daryl's kind of final years here it was a bit of a mess so he was so bad at recruiting keepers in league yeah. one I think I mean Bonham I think was was a good call but the rest were pretty poor um going back to what you were saying how do you guys see that sort of mentor protege relationship developing between Antsy and uh, Geordie um over the next year or two do you think Geordie has a future with us or has he just been brought in as sort of like a backup I think there's definitely a future there I mean like I said, I've only just got my head around that Ansi's the experienced one and Van Stappershoff yeah, is the Van unexperienced he's one. He's six foot eight and he's only 23, but he probably looks a lot older than oh, 23 does, years he old. So older, yeah. Lots of room to still develop as a player. But yeah, I mean, the fact that Ansi has been around, I mean, he's not had many first team appearances. I was, I was looking, he's, he's he's been around a bit, hasn't he, club-wise? Um, but yeah, the fact he's 32, international, solid keeper, um, 
yeah, he, he can obviously teach Van Stappershoff a thing or two. And 23, that's a great age for Van Stappershoff. So I've been reasonably impressed with him. He's, he's made a few mistakes here and there. I remember pre-season, there was question marks about him. Um, there was a few kind of suspect moments. Because, um, yeah, I think most people uh, expected Van Stappershoff to, to maybe be in contention with starting more games. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's really promising. And then, yeah, Nancy can really uh, help him out. Yeah, absolutely. So where where do you think he ranks against other keepers we've had in recent years, Harley? I think he's right up there, to be honest. I mean, I've always got the impression that Bonham was kind of in a purple patch. Um, I know you'd, everyone would obviously say that, that when he hasn't signed. And he would I'm sure he would have worked out to be a good signing. But to be honest, I think Nancy's a really astute signing. Um over recent years we've had some bad bad goalkeepers you're probably better at remembering who they are than me yeah I'll probably list them off the top of my head for you so obviously we had Bonham but we had Smith and Slocum um, oh dear uh, we had Fabi uh, uh, what's his name Ke- Keller Roos uh, obviously he's starting yeah. at Derby so he's obviously don't care did well <laughs> I refuse to accept um, that he's good Will Puddy Oh, um, Will Putty, what what a keeper! For the what a song, <laughs> yeah, for the yeah, song, yeah. for the for the atmosphere. Yeah. But what a woeful player, Lee Nichols. How dare you, Lee Nichols? Oh, Lee Nichols was fucking shocking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, am I allowed to swear? I've already swore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, it was bad. Or mark it as explicit on the iTunes. I used yeah. to like Chapman that we had in the yeah, conference. And I know I've spoken about this. I before. was about to say, I was I was like, ba- whatever happened to Chapman? I was about to say that. I actually see him as a very similar keeper to Chapman. He's, he's quite he's big, he's big, stable, he, big, yeah, yeah. steady, stable, does the simple things. And I, I always thought Chapman was given a bit of a hard... Well, I don't know why DC didn't keep him, but um, yeah. most people don't realise that Chapman actually got a big move to Peterborough. Oh, did he? I didn't realise so, that. So, yeah, he's Actually, I've, he's just, good. I've just remembered who the best ever keeper is in, in recent history. Papi Spies? Mark McChrystal. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> what a keeper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How what a podcast! That clean sheet away at Wrexham in a, in a cold December night. Yeah, and his his debuting goal was more impressive than Nancy. Mm. To be fair, <laughs> should we so. just do the whole podcast about Mark McChrystal? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe telling the bedtime story. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not quite sure. We, we can managed, uh, managed to drop it in there. <laughs> we haven't recorded for an age. For an age. Um, cool. So I think. Uh, the last question I've got is sort of going back to what you were saying, Harley, about Bonham, um, and comparing Ansi and Bonham. Who would you guys prefer to have um, looking back? Because I think Bonham this season has been pretty good for Gillingham. He's been, I think, he's made team of the team of the month a couple of a team of the week a couple of times. Um, so if you could choose between the two of them, who would you be going for, Jack? I mean, we got Antsy now. I'm, I'm happy with Antsy. So Bonham, no Antsy, of course, Antsy. Yeah, <laughs> and Antsy for me as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I struggle. I'm not a goalkeeping expert, to be honest, but yeah, I think Ansi's good. And I think whilst we're on Jack Cola talking about oh. Jack as well, oh, hello. Hi. there's another Jack. We should talk about Jakubiak, who you just mentioned, Gillingham. Yeah, I miss Jakubiak. Do and you? I think he would have been a good signing. I, I really don't see it. Um, he was okay. Well, that's about. I mean, obviously our strike is a by the by not great at the moment, apart from JCH. Um, he had a few good performances. I'm going to shoehorn this topic in massively. straight away. Would mm. you, compared to Smith and um, Adebayejo directly, would For, you have had... Rank them one to three, I would probably say one Smith, two Jakubiak, three Adebayejo. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. I mean, if, if we could have him back in the, in the squad, I would take him. Uh, could we get better? I would think we probably could. 
I like Jakubiak. I think there's I'd a lot better. There's be a lot one. better out there, mate. I think that, I think there's a lot better out there. He's done good, but I think he's been a wing for Gillingham rather than striker. We uh, could do with one of those as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably could. Um, yeah, yeah. Could. Sorry, so I stole the uh, yeah. stole the reins there. You've thrown yeah. me off off my um, <laughs> schedule now. Uh, we're going to be probably trumped by a, a, a better podcast or something that people would prefer to listen to as opposed to listen to. I don't, I don't we, we've already mentioned that. We Mark McChrystal's bedtime stories. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking about that podcast. There's no other uh, podcast now, is there? I don't think I'm not so. Sure. Uh, not, um, not really, apparently, there is the launch of an official an official uh, Bristol Rovers podcast. Um, so we would just like to declare to all our listeners that we are the official, unofficial Bristol Rovers podcast. And uh, we'll still be running and hopefully this, well, this won't affect the amount of content we put out. We'll still be putting content out weekly and we'll be bringing you the uh, the best and latest Rovers news and stories. So, I, yes, I, I, mean, I mean, sod them, lads. I mean, <laughs> in, unless they pay a fee. Um, if so, then do get in touch. But if they don't, then yeah, sod them. Well, I mean, if they're bringing in players like Luke Leahy and Alex Rodman, we've got Jack Newcomb. Yeah. I mean, who's, who's really winning here? And as he said, you can't possibly buy him because he is loyal. <laughs> no, you can buy me. Yeah, <laughs> do, uh, do get in touch. Right. Okay, let's move on. Uh, we're going to be looking ahead to the Rochdale game. Uh, their last five games, they've won three, lost two. Uh, they're two points behind us in 14th and generally play a very sort of high percentage possession style of football, which has been a big improvement on recent years. Um, Brian Barry Murphy's gotten them playing some good stuff. Uh, Aaron Wilbraham's suspended for this game, uh, which a lot of Rovers fans will be thankful for because he's uh, given us some issues in the past. Uh, you got a red card versus Oxford in the last game. And their top goal scorer is Ian Henderson with eight goals. Uh, just to run you through some other top performers that they've had this season, Callum Camps, an influential midfielder. Uh, Ewan O'Connell's been very impressive at centre-back and they've had 17-year-old Luke Matheson at right-back who's caught a lot of headlines this season, notably for scoring at Old Trafford uh, a couple of weeks ago. Fair play. That was a good video as it was well. Good, I saw it? his goal. Yeah. That was good. I mean, historically, the gas haven't really performed well at Spotland. Uh, this may be a tougher fixture than people are expecting. Do you think that's the case, Jack? Um, probably. I mean, I don't really know much about Rochdale, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. I'm, I'm not great when it comes to opposition teams. But yeah, our, our record at Spotland has been abysmal. I went there a couple of seasons ago and had a awful, awful time. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think with the fact that we managed to get that late equalising and point on Saturday, hopefully that gives a bit of confidence. And the fact that JCH is still out... I think that's that's the key for me. I, I think I think we're gonna lose. I'm I'm afraid to say it. It didn't really give me enough hope on Saturday. As good as the comeback was in the determination, uh, I think we we get found out again. To be honest, and the quality won't be there. It's very much a don't take your foot off the gas thing. But unfortunately, we haven't really found the gas at home recently without JCH. So I don't. I don't really see, no matter how poor the opposition is, they're still a League One side, and I think they're probably capable of keeping us out, which gives them a chance. Yeah, and that's sort of the big conundrum, I think, is is, is the striker situation. So um, without JCH uh, in the team, we've sort of rotated between those three strikers, but not really settling in on any specific duo, um, and neither of them, well, none of them have particularly performed too well. Um, so my question is, sort of, which duo do you think you'd, you'd start at Rochdale? Harley, I think I already know the answer because I can through process of elimination. <laughs> Smith and Jakubiak. <laughs> <laughs> no, Smith and Adebayo, Um, but mainly because of my uh, 
my dislike for Tom Nichols' performances, unfortunately. Um, I think, to be honest, I don't think that we have a solid duo anywhere available to us. Um, I'd be tempted to chuck Dion Moore in just as a... But, you know, that's just stupid behaviour, really. Well, he scored in the developmental game today. Maybe Coughlin was looking at him there. Did you say developmental? Yeah. The developmental game. I like that. Develop Development game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't... I really wouldn't put him in yet. I think it's kind of needless. I think Adebayo needs a little bit more time as well. Yeah, I mean, th- I think there is a player in there. He's definitely got good hold-up play, good strength. He's got a bit of skill as well. Um, I just don't know why it's not worked out for him. I, I don't think we really create too many chances for our strikers other than just deep crosses from our wing-backs. Um, we don't really have that player at Cam who can play that ki- ki- killer pass, you know, and uh, that's the sort of thing, that's the kind of pass that I think both Adebayo and Smith would benefit from would be that pass through the defenders as they make a run. We've got no one who can do that. Yeah, because I mean, at, at the moment, if if Smith and Nichols play, they both go down the channels. All, all the balls to them are down the channels, um, so they're not really in many effective positions. So for that reason, I wouldn't start both of them. And then who am I going to drop? I'm afraid it, it, it would be Tom Nichols just because he's obviously had a, a torrid time and, and Smith has got a bit more about him. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think any goals are going to really come from midfield, maybe the defence as well. Maybe they could uh, pop up with a few set-piece finishes. Um, so yeah, I, d- I don't think there's going to be a, a lot of goals in it. We might be able to snatch it, a draw, but yeah, I'm not that optimistic without... Um, our main man, I'm afraid. Yeah, and that's definitely a recurring theme over the last few games. I think this is the last, potentially the last league game we'll have without Clark Harris because we've got the FA Cup game against Bromley next week, next Sunday and Remembrance Sunday. And then the week after that, we've got Sunderland at home, which I believe is almost definitely going to be called off or postponed due to international call-ups for Sunderland. That'd be useful. Um, and that was the game he was supposed to, he was predicted to return for, or quoted to from Coughlin. Um, or the Bristol Post, I can't remember who broke the story. Um, so I think that'll give him another week. So I think by then he should be back. Um, so I think this may be the last league game without Clark Harris, um, in which case I'd just be tempted to just mix it up. You know, I, I really don't think what we've tried in the last two, three games has worked. It could be an opportunity to give some players a chance. I really do. I really, if it was up to me, I would play Deal more. I just don't think we have any sort of target up front. And I think Adabi Asia has been sort of used in that role to aim the ball at, but mm-hmm. he's not that player. I think Dion Moore, he may not have the quality, but he's definitely going to win more in the air, I think, and give players a focal point to sort of build around, which could potentially sort of, I don't know, give us an option. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I wouldn't be adverse to that. I mean, I don't know much about Dion Moore. I, I, I saw him for the first time in, in the flesh, and he's, he is a big old unit. Um, so, I mean, yeah, potentially he could be that that target man. And And like you say... It's worth giving a go. I mean, the only issue is, is I suppose, with blood in youngsters early as if they go on and have a torrid time. But I think as a striker, if you have a non-existent game, it's like, so what, you didn't score. So, yeah, maybe, maybe chuck him in, see what happens. And, um, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, I think the um, the defence has been pretty poor in the last two games. You said that earlier, Harley. Um, would you make any changes or would you just think they need to sort of become a little bit more solid or maybe get a bit more cover cover from the midfield? 
I don't really think there's... I mean, it depends on the fitness, really, doesn't it? It's obvious that THD for Leahy would be an obvious one, but I don't think THD's anywhere near ready. Got 45 minutes today, by all accounts. And uh, Little is obviously getting closer. That'd be a nice one to have in there because he's got pace and he's obviously a lot more experienced. But um, And Rodman isn't a right wing back. Um, no. but So that would be an obvious one. It depends on fitness, really. Um, you don't want to rush anyone because we are really struggling with injuries this season it seems that we're losing some big players um, yeah we really can't afford to i think our, our squad's mm. quite thin so if say Holmes dennis was fit would you slot him straight in or do you think leahy's done enough to sort of earn that number three shirt i was saying this earlier i think um i i like leahy i think he's actually whenever i've seen him play especially at home um he's always kind of been one of the main attacking threats now, he's, his stats aren't brilliant, but, I mean, he he often gets past uh, the the fullback and kind of knocks it inside and creates something. Um, even if he's not the direct assister, he kind of gets the play moving. Um, I think he's been harshly uh, judged, to be honest. I think he's quite a decent player, but Tariq Holmes-Dennis fully fit is, you know, pretty special for this level. The question is, will he ever actually be fully fit? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, THD would offer something a bit different because I mean, he, he is he's class on, on the ball. He makes things happen. He could he could play even further up the pitch. But talk about Leahy, I I really like him as well. Um, I think he he's really strong in the air. I think that's a part of his game that a lot of people don't notice um, often when we're, we're we're struggling with creativity, which happens quite a lot. Um, a diagonal will go out to him. It'll often win it, and that would kind of get a move going so he's great he seems like a leader on the pitch as well mm. um so yes yeah, so i don't think thd would come straight in and i mean obviously there's still going to be question marks over his his fitness yeah definitely agree I'm, i mean i'm a big fan of luke leahy as well so i think gas cast are fully on board with the luke leahy fan club so uh, mm-hmm. yeah more of the same please luke uh some great great crosses which we are a fan of aren't we so um i think we liked Josh Hare quite a bit as well before he got injured. So we'll, we'll that's pick. a guy. Yeah. yeah, Hare was great. I mean, I mean, he's a, he's a young lad as well, isn't he? Hare. So yeah, yeah that, that very frustrating. Hopefully, we see him back soon. I I don't know when. I don't think it will be this season, to be honest. Which it, is it, gut lo- it looked bad. I mean, I haven't actually heard any official kind of announcements about it. But yeah, he got stretched off, and mm. yeah, best wishes yeah. towards him. I yeah, best wishes to him. Um, yeah, Rochdale play quite a high possession style of football, as I sort of alluded to earlier. Um, how do you guys think we should set up should we set up for the counter to sort of like let them play as much football as they want and just hit them with pace when we win it or do you think we should press them and not let them play their game I mean we're not great with the ball so I mean the fact that they are possession team might actually go in our favour yeah I think maybe maybe soak it up for a bit um, and then yeah see if we can hit them on the counter I mean Rodman's okay going forward in in, in that regard, um, but yeah, I, I suppose apart from that, there's there's not loads going on. If if we start with Smith, he's he's got abundance of pace. Um, yeah, it's just it just it struggles when we haven't got JCH. Yeah, so <laughs> like, I, hate, I hate to keep bringing yeah. it back to that, but I mean, yeah, he he would be our talismanic player if if we were playing against that he suits that that kind of soak up pressure three five two that is basically our only effective strategy mm. so well that it that's why we've been so much better with him because we're just 
you know, we do the basics in defence well and then we lump it. And what a player he is. He just wins everything. Yeah, He's just incredible. a sensational player. And I think without him, you know, it's, it's really hard to know what we do away from home. It's, it's, I mean, if it's soak it up, then we're just not going to have anything going forward. If you're going to play your system and only be a one-system team, you need a a second option in each of the positions for that mm. structure so that if one piece is missing, it doesn't all fall apart like it has with us. No JCH, the whole thing doesn't work, in my mm. opinion. Yeah. You need another target man. I don't. We should have got one in the summer on the cheap. We should have had another guy up there. So if home, so if uh, Clark Harris got injured, we could just stick him up there and play the same style. Without him, it doesn't work. Yeah, I do. I do judge them for bringing in um, Smith and Adebayo because they're. I don't want to say similar. They're quite different, but they're not. Neither of them are the are the big, strong, you know, yeah. focal point striker. Um, maybe the plan was to get Nichols out and then and then bring in another JCH. That's that's all I can assume because I can't see why we would have gone into the season like that. Especially yeah. given he was unfit. JCH was unfit in the summer, wasn't yeah. he? Like, we knew that. We so. played played Dion Moore quite a bit, so I think that was the plan, but I don't know if something's changed, something behind the scenes maybe, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see in the next uh, month or two with the January window what will happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one to watch and one we're going to be talking about um, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the fact that they've got quite a young left-back as well in um, Matheson, sorry, right-back uh, in Matheson, I think we could maybe exploit them on the counter through our wing backs. Uh, could be an option. I guess we'll see how it how it will work. But um, yeah, I don't think any of us are particularly optimistic about this one. So let's just go straight into it. Score predictions, Jack. Why don't you start us off? Uh, one nil Rochdale, I'm afraid. Any particular sort of reason why? You just well, just like I said, I I, I don't think we got enough up top. Um, so yeah, I can't really see a scoring. Um, and yeah, I think just Rochdale would simply have too much for us. Holly? Yeah, I'm inclined to say 1-0 Rochdale as well, to be honest. At best, 0-0, but probably 1-0 Rochdale, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to go 2-0 Rochdale uh, because we seem to lose every single away game 2-0. Actually, can I change my prediction? 10-0 Rochdale. Come on, people. Well, someone's got to be positive, haven't they? God, we're not going to have anyone coming back. (laughs) Um, No, I think we are all glass half empty. I, well, I, th- I think it's a sense of realism, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite optimistic most of the time, but yeah, I think realism at, at the moment. Yeah. Well, up to you, Rovers. There's the gauntlet. We've sort of been as pessimistic as possible. Prove all three of us wrong and go get some points, uh, or even a point at Rochdale would be good. Um, mm-hmm. And then hopefully onto the FA Cup. Um, yeah, that's about it for this week, Gasheads. Thanks for listening. Uh, before you go, just want to ask you to like, subscribe, and share the podcast if you did enjoy it. If you really, really enjoyed it, uh, please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. That really helps us out with the algorithm and getting us out there. Um, God knows we need it with all the competition lately. So uh, anything you can do would be fantastic. Uh, There is no competition. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks very much for listening, Gasses. We'll catch you next week. And up the gas. Up the gas. Thank you.